Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Small Business Chronicles. My name is Ryan Shear. Uh, our version of this vision for my show is to to bring small business people and entrepreneurs some resources and and ways that they can get and elevate what they're doing. Uh, I have Mr. Stephen Key sitting with me today from InventRight.com. He's going to be able to explain way better what he does than I do. So I'm going to go ahead and, and turn it over to him. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. It's a pleasure being here. What what do I do? That's always difficult to. Um, answer that question. I guess I'm a creative person and I didn't want to work for anybody else. And I wanted to come up with ideas that, that would just put a smile on people's faces. So I just started making things and I learned a lot about product licensing where I'm going to come up with an idea and rent that idea to a company that's already in business so they can do all the heavy lifting and I can sit back and have fun. So I guess I'm a product artist slash inventor slash entrepreneur slash creative guy. Uh, well, well, let's go. First thing, I, I we, we talked a little bit in the pre-interview and, and I love what you do. But to be just a little educational here, when we talk about product licensing, I watch Shark Tank and stuff like that. And they're always like this licensing deal or this licensing uh -huh. deal. Can you give us a rundown? And you kind of said rent ideas. Can you give us just a little more detail on what product licensing is? Okay. The traditional method for someone to commercialize a product idea would be I'm going to manufacture it. And I'm going to raise money, do a business plan, have employees, do sales and manufacturing and marketing, doing all those things. That's the traditional way to commercialize an idea. Ryan, that's too much work for me. So what I like to do is come up with an idea that I think a company might want to take from me and bring it to market themselves, that they're already in business. So they got the distribution, they have the marketing, they have everything in place, but they don't have that great idea. So I, I show them a great idea and then they take it from me and they rent it and they pay me a royalty on each and every one they sell. Now, product licensing has been around for a couple hundred years. It's not new, but for a lot of people, they don't, they, they don't realize they have another option. So they don't have to spend all the time and energy and risk to start a business. Uh, that's fair. Is is there any products that are made for licensing or can you license anything? Is there a certain niche? Is, is there a differential there? You can just about license anything. Now, there's some industries that it's a little bit more difficult. But if you if you have an idea that's in the kitchen industry or pet industry or hardware, uh, fitness, medical, just about everything, toys, you can license your ideas. There's a couple industries that's a little bit difficult. The tech industry, a new app, maybe a little bit difficult, um, takes a, a different strategy. And maybe I would say, uh, well, there might be a few other ones that are difficult, but basically just about anything. What was the first product that you licensed? Uh, well, it was a stuffed airplane. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody's like, what do you mean an airplane? It was a plush airplane. I was designing uh, plush animals 
war companies, and I came up with this little cute little airplane, and I loved it. it looked it kind of looked Disney esque, and I showed it to a company, and they licensed it from me and sold in all the the drug stores and grocery stores, and I was kind of hooked because it was so easy to do, Ryan. So from that point, I started sending more ideas to those companies, and I licensed quite a few just fun, whimsical things. I wasn't, I wasn't serious about it, and there wasn't a patent. It wasn't, it wasn't in a, it, they, they weren't inventions. They were just kind of fun things for kids. And that's how I got started, and I really loved it. Now, now, you mentioned it was easy to license. So I don't know how many times that I, I have insomnia that I've been up at three o'clock in the morning back in my 20s when infomercials was a big deal. And I would see something on infomercial. I'm like, man, I thought of that five years ago. And then once I started thinking about how hard it would be to make that, manufacture it, go out, build a prototype, test it, do all this stuff, do it, go to trade shows, all of these things. You're saying licensing just skips all of that. And you're just branding out your idea to other companies. So when you say it's easy, let tell tell us how easy that actually is. Well, it is quite easy. I'll give you an example of, of a product that I licensed. I love playing basketball. And when I was in my office to come up with ideas, I had this little indoor Nerf uh, basketball game. And I'd put it up there and I'd shoot buckets and I was really excited about it. It was from Ohio Art. It had a little picture of Michael Jordan. And I thought, well, why? You know, I love Michael Jordan. I love basketball. I, I said to myself, why is Michael so small? He should be bigger. So I went down to the <laughs> store and I bought a poster and I cut out the torso, torso of Michael Jordan. I put it on the backboard. So now the backboard wasn't square, but it was in the shape of Michael Jordan. And I loved it. It felt like I was playing against Michael Jordan in my mind and just having a blast. <laughs> I took that concept, that rough, ugly prototype, because it was kind of ugly, actually. And, and I sent it to Ohio Art that had the license of Michael Jordan and was selling these little indoor Nerf basketball games. Well, they loved it. And they three days later, after I sent it to, to them, I had a signed contract and they sold it for 10 years. It sold at every major retailer. Every Saturday morning, Michael Jordan would come up. He'd shoot the little ball. It'd go in. And he'd look at the camera and he'd say, and he would say, "This is the best backboard I've ever seen." That was such a simple idea, simple change. But I showed that company, Ohio Art, how to leverage that image of Michael Jordan, and so they licensed it from me, and they paid me a royalty for each and every one they sold. So, so I have a couple questions that kind of butt off of this one is one, how do you, how do you know who to contact? So that would be part one. And number two is how do you protect that idea that you don't send that idea in? And then two months later, they're selling your product. And then like, Oh, I've never heard of this guy. Well, it, those are two very interesting questions. And I'll help you with that. Sometimes you don't know who to ask for. <laughs> you just call them up <laughs> and you go, Hey, I have a, I have a I've got a great idea. Do you take ideas from the outside? Do you work with us inventors? In fact, the word is, do you embrace open innovation? Meaning, will you work with people that don't work for you? Will you work with outside product developers and inventors and look at their product submissions? And some industries, and I'll give you an example. Everybody knows the toy company Hasbro. 60% 
of all those brands that you know came from the outside, from people like me. They embrace open innovation, and thousands of companies do. So it could be someone in marketing that you reach out to, someone in sales, or maybe inventor relations. But sometimes I just call them up and go, hey, I've got a great idea. Do you take ideas from people like me? And they kind of help navigate me to the right department. Okay. So, and every company's different and they call people different things. I really don't care. Um, but this whole thing about stealing, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I've been doing this my whole career. And yes, I've had a couple companies kind of take my ideas. Very rare. It's very, very rare because what I do, I find companies that do embrace open innovation, meaning they want to work with me. So I ask them sometimes, do you work with inventors? And I, I make sure they have a good track record. You see, if you embrace open innovation, you mean you open those doors for everybody like for, for me to come in. If you steal an idea, the doors close. So find the companies that love us. That's your best protection. It's not a patent. It's not a trademark. It's not a copyright. It's really finding the right companies that do value us creative people. Thank you so much for that answer. Uh, I, I've worked in marketing for several years now. And and one of the things that I do as a side hustle is I help people develop products and, and get to places that it needs to be, how to market, how to do whatever. And a lot of people, that's one of their biggest fears is they're like smeagle with the ring. They're like, my precious, no, you can't tell anybody. I have signed like 86 million NDAs and, and 85 million of them were for really bad ideas that weren't going to go anywhere anyway. But then you have those good ideas that you want to produce and go. And then those people are just horrified that it's going to get, get, get taken. But I, I think to sum up your, your answer is work with those companies that are open to that innovation. I think that's the best protection. Now, I'm a big believer in patents and trademarks and copyrights. Yes, and sometimes you do need them, but not in every industry. Most ideas that do get licensed don't really have issued patents. So people are like, well, why? Well, patents take a long time to receive one. Okay, it could take years. And products go in, in and out of the market so, so quickly. So maybe it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to have a patent. But also today, it's really hard to protect anything. Right. So you put a great idea out there and it gets copied and you're like, oh, it got copied. I always tell everybody, congratulations, <laughs> because they only copy things that are selling. You have something that's selling. That's a good thing. How do you stop them? Well, that's a whole cat and mouse game. Right. So I tell everybody, look, find those companies that really love that love to work with us creative people and show them good ideas and they will treat you fairly. So. It's always also, it's a numbers game too. People realize you have to, if you're going to be that person that's submitting ideas to companies, you need a lot of ideas, not just one. So, so play the numbers games, come up with a lot of ideas, build relationships with those companies and keep feeding them good ideas. That's how you do it. That's fair. So, so my next question is you, you mentioned licensing, trademark and patent. You mentioned those three things. Can you very quickly tell us what the difference between those three things are? Because I know they're vastly different, but which one 
Like if you have a product, you have an idea, which one of these should you use? Which one of them should not use? I know there's kind of a lot to ask, but but I'll just set back and, and you seem very knowledgeable. So I'll just set back. And if you can differentiate between those things. Well, they're just tools. That's all they really are. And they're, they're wonderful tools. And you have to be somewhat careful on when to use them because they can be expensive at times. So the best tool is, is a provisional patent application. It's called a PPA, provisional patent application. It's very affordable. You can write it yourself. And that gives you a date and time that you created this invention. And I believe today you can send it in to the USPTO. That's a United States Patent and Trademark Office. And I think it's $60. It's really affordable. That's called a provisional patent application. And I think you should learn how to do that. It's really simple to do. You could hire a patent attorney or a patent agent. There's even software that will show you how to write one. Okay, that's a great tool, affordable tool, easy tool. The other tool, and that gives you, let's talk about what that is. So when you have an invention, a product that has utility, some type of functionality, it does something. That's when you can file a, a patent. And before you file a patent, you file a provisional patent application that leads to filing for a, a real patent. It's a step. And it gives you a year protection to put patent pending on your idea and tell, tell the world you have uh, applied for a provisional patent application. Okay, great. Great tool. Trademarks. I love trademarks. I don't file a lot of trademarks on my ideas because companies are going to change the name anyway. So trademarks are really affordable. You can do it yourself or hire someone to do that for you. But that's really protecting your name, right? Like InventRight. We have a trademark on InventRight. Or, or maybe, maybe you come up with a great idea and you just love the name. So trademark it. What's really important when you trademark your name is look at, look at the classification on what it's going to cover. That's the real point. Because... You could have, I'll give you an example, Dunlap guitar picks. Okay, the classification is musical accessories. Dunlap tires, that's going to be tires for trucks and automobiles. So two different classifications. That's what trademark's all about. Very simple. The other thing uh, would be copyright. Copyright's really great. You copyright your work. It could be instructions. It could be um, maybe a design. You're really, um, you're, you're, you're copywriting your creativity, kind of. And automatically, when you create something, it's automatically copyrighted, right? People don't know that either. It's just, um, it's that um, trademark, which would be a TM. And eventually, if you register it officially at the USPTO, you would, and you receive it, it would be a registered R. So these are just simple tools. You should know the tools. If I come up with a new game, let's say a new Monopoly game. It doesn't have any functionality because I just move a thing around the board, big deal. I might um, copyright the instructions, right? And it has a great name, so I might trademark the name. Now, let's say I have another game that's like Mousetrap. Remember Mousetrap where things did things? I love Mousetrap. Yeah, okay. love Mousetrap. That, that has functionality. It, it does something. So I might file a provisional patent application on how that works. So they're just different tools. No, no. Th thank you so much because that kind of helps break us down for which parts that you want to do. 
um, be, because in helping people, I think in, in you're very educational and I appreciate that about you. And I appreciate that's what you do is that when, when you're helping clients, inventors, people learning, coming up, going through this stuff that I, sometimes if they're not aware of how to use the tools, they won't use them at all. And I, I think you helping making this clarification might help people know exactly which tools to use. So. Well, also you have to realize that sometimes we hear you need to get a patent on that. If you're watching Shark Tank, I know we all do. It's a wonderful show. <laughs> and you always hear you have to have a patent. Well, no. Okay. It's a TV show, everybody. Do you need a patent? No, not necessarily. You need a patent. It, it, a patent allows you to sue somebody. All right. Okay. If they infringe. All right. That's a whole nother world. But patents do have value. If you have a startup company and you want to raise money, having a patent might be valuable. If someone is, is infringing, you might give them a notice. Hey, I've got a patent on this. And the, the good guys will go, okay, the bad guys might not care. So the point is learn all the tools, but they're just tools. That's all they really are. So they're good. They're fun. They're affordable. But, but be aware of some of the, they're not perfect. Nothing really is. So just do a little bit of homework on what those tools are and don't worry so much because they're just, they're just tools. Uh, it, so let's back up to your creative artist. You're, you're a product artist. I, I want to talk about that a little bit is, is how do you, how do you get there? <laughs> the, you, 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 in a pre-interview, you said something that your dad let you jump off the cliff. And I think that those, those two kind of tie in. So how, how do you get to become a product artist? Well, I was, um, I was in college. I was studying economics, real fun topic. And I was a sophomore and I just didn't like it. And I took an art class just to take a break. And I'm not an artist. And I found working with my hands there was something about that creativity that i really loved and i went home and i told my dad i said dad i want to be an artist and he said well do, great do you paint and i said no and he goes do you sculpt i said no and and i said he said look find something you truly love to do and you never work a day in your life and i jumped off that cliff to become an artist not not being a painter or sculptor or being anything. I just wanted to be creative. So, and I think we're all creative. And I'm reading this wonderful book that talks about everything you do in life. Um, you're making decisions. So you are creative. You just don't know it, right? So I believe what I wanted to do was to create things to put a smile on people's face. That's all I wanted to do. And so I started doing really fun stuff, silly stuff. And I'll give you an example. A company that I know comes out with seasonal items for Easter, Christmas, Valentine's, birthdays. And I was talking to them and they said, Steve, come up with an idea for Valentine's time. And um, I said, okay. They said, well, it has to be affordable. Make it under $2. I said, okay. And they said, make it so it's on the counter. So it's at the counter display. I said, okay. So I went down to Hallmark and I, it was about Valentine. This was going to be for the following year. I went down to Hallmark and I looked at all the images of Valentine's and the cards and the figurines and everything. And I started to put these things in my mind of all the other things people are doing. That's really studying the landscape. 
And I'm just kind of planting seeds in my mind. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, that's really. And so then I went back and I thought, wow, what could I do different? What haven't they thought of? And I just started playing and start coming up the freedom of just thinking of things differently. Like that backboard. Why did it have to be square? Why couldn't it be in the shape of a person? And I came up with this, this idea and I, I gave them one sentence. That's all it was. A plastic arrow with a message with a suction cup. I'm stuck on you. <laughs> That's all it was. It was one sentence. And it was so simple because it was so affordable. And they they absolutely loved it. It's somewhere on my shelf. But anyway, the point was, it, I saw all these little arrows with messages, right? I thought, well, why not just put it in a suction cup and you can stick it anywhere? I just played. Right. And, and I'm trying to, I'm not the, the most creative person, I have to tell you that, but I've learned this game of playing, of opening myself up so ideas just come to me. And, I, and they're not good ideas or bad ideas. I love all my ideas, by the way. Some are just terrible. They're so funny. <laughs> and every once in a while, something pops up and I go, wow, that might be a good idea. I never know. But I send those ideas to companies and then let them pick. <laughs> that that's one of the thing about being a creative person myself is is it's hard not to love every idea that you have uh be <laughs> and then you i have i have two people that i take those ideas to one is my wife which which uh, i love her so much because i can't have a bad idea she just tells me it's wonderful and then i have a friend that is the honest person i take it to um that he'll be like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you, but do something else. And then, but, but he's usually right. Like he's usually right. Very, very seldomly have I ever fought him on this. Uh, but, but yeah, in, in creativity, it sounds like you're living almost every kid's dream of your playing and creating. And, and can, can you go a little bit more into said, you learned this art of play is, is there a theory behind that art of play or is it just what we're thinking about just setting down and playing with things? You know, that's interesting because when I ask other inventors, how do you create, they always stumble. They, they, they're not quite sure how that happens. I realize that it's, you know, creativity is a muscle that needs to be exercised a little bit. And, and while playing games, I'm exercising the muscle. I'm pulling it. I'm stretching it. So what I do is that I, and I've, no one taught me this. I just kind of did it. And I think that was kind of, I don't know, it worked for me. So I have this big sketch pad and I'll look at something, let's say uh, tennis shoes. And because I can apply these methods, these, these games to anything, right? And that's what I really love about it. So my creativity, it doesn't matter what it is. I can create in, in any, any area. So let's say tennis shoes. And what I'll do, I'll play this first game. It's called Mix and Match. All right, I've got a tennis shoe. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to change that tennis shoe. I want to come up with a new tennis shoe. So what do we do? So I might walk down an aisle of a store and see what I can connect to that tennis shoe by something in that aisle of a store. And I start adding things to it. And before you know it, it's, they're really stupid ideas, but it starts to get me to play a little bit. Then I might go to another aisle and another aisle, but I start making these connections a little bit. And every once in a while, something pops that I didn't imagine because I wasn't planning. 
I, I, there was no structure to that, but just playing. I'll give you a great example of the mix and match. If you see these screwdrivers that have a light on it to work in a dark spot, they took a flashlight and a screwdriver and they brought them together. That's a perfect example of mix and match. So I play games. One game might be changing the shape. I was in, uh, I was designing guitar picks and I'm not a musician. I said to myself, well, why does it have to be a certain shape? And so I know it has to have that little tip. Okay. Cause you have to strum a, you know, the guitar, but why couldn't it be in the shape of Mickey mouse? And the chin could be the part you, you play with. So I started creating guitar picks in the shape of Mickey mouse and all these weird shapes. And it just changed <laughs> the industry. We sold more, guitar picks than anyone in the world just by changing the shape. So I play games. I ask why, why this, why not that? Change the material, change the shape. And I just play. And every once in a while, a good idea pops. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really value that advice. Like I said, as somebody that's creative, um, is that I think as we get adults and we get bills and we get responsibilities and we get stuff, we forget to play. We forget <laughs> that that's, that's, you know, that that's not very adult of you to be, to, to be doing this. But, but if you look at what it's done for you, I know this is audio only today, but if you can see, this is a very happy man. He's, he, he's, <laughs> you know, I, I can see that, you know, I, I, I can talk to an insurance salesman and he just has a look about him. This man invents and plays and, and, and this, this is a gentleman that I, I want to talk more to. And, and I think that's a big part of going back to what you said, loving what you do, uh, loving what you do. And, and you, you are the epitome of that, my friend. Well, thank you for saying that, Ryan. It's been an amazing uh, career and I, and I'm, uh, and I tell everybody, I've just started. They kind of laugh. They're like, what do you mean? You've been doing this for 40 years. No, no, I've just started. I love Monday mornings. I like to think, I, and there's no seven days a week to this. I, I like to do this all the time. I'm always thinking about new things. Creativity, being curious keeps you young. And that's the one thing I like about learning. But I want to mention one thing about the wife that you mentioned. My wife is just the opposite. <laughs> Everything I come up with, she thinks is terrible. And one of my biggest ideas, I showed it to her, and she said, the chances of you licensing that idea is one in a million. Forget about it. And the very next day, I sent it to a company that sold for over 10 years, and that was the Michael Jordan wall ball. So here's, <laughs> here's the tip I'm telling everybody. Trust your instincts. If you like something, don't listen to anybody else. Okay, get their input. That's okay. The only opinion that really matters is the company you're going to show it to. Uh, that's very true. Um, uh, we, we need to wrap up. We're kind of at time. Uh, we got Stephen key with inventright.com. Uh, I can't say enough good things about you. I just met you and can't say enough good things about you. Uh, inventright.com is, uh, you're an educational company that, um, that I'll, I'll let you kind of explain what in inventright.com is. Well, first of all, if you want more information, on product licensing, having a blast, go to our YouTube channel, InventRight TV. There's over 1,000 videos, Ryan. Can you believe it? 1,000 videos. You're going to absolutely love it. 
And if you want more information, please go to inventright.com. We have a bunch of free things over there for you to learn all about product licensing. That's inventright.com. We do have a coaching program too. We give everything away for free. How's that for a business? We give everything away for free. And if you want more, we'll help you. We'll do that too. And if you want to have a fun reading a book called what my first book was called One Simple Idea from McGraw Hill. It's an easy read. It's a fun read. It will teach you all about product licensing. And you can find that just about everywhere called One Simple Idea. All right, uh, Mr. Stephen Key, uh, it's been so much of a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I hope in future, if I need any questions, I can reach out to you, maybe have you back on the show to cover some more uh, amazing topics. Is there anything that you want to leave our guests with? Uh, one last message for them. I would like to, first of all, thank you very much for letting me share. I would like to uh, just mention to everybody, if you have an idea, and if you don't do anything about it, there's a very good chance you're going to see it later. And you're going to wonder, that's my idea. All right. I didn't do anything. So don't let that happen to you. Learn about product licensing. You don't have to quit your day job. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Leverage the power of a company that's already in business. But the one thing they're missing is your brilliance. So get in the game of, of innovation and have a blast. Thank you so much again, Mr. Stephen Key from inventright.com. My name is Ryan Shear, host of Small Business Chronicles, brought to you by Titan Digital. Uh, if you got some marketing needs, hit them up, titandigital.com. You can't tell I worked in marketing for 12 years with that tagline, I know. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll do you right and they'll do you good. I hope my boss hears this and gives me a raise. I will see you guys next episode.